Here for today is a program where we explore all things Second Amendment. My name is Zoe, and I'm the host of Two for Today. Today, I'm here with Mark Herr. Mark is the founder and current teacher for the Center for Self-Governance. They have trained over 80 legislators around the country in a certain understanding about political science. You know, obviously we have adversaries and they're doing political science every day. They live, breathe, eat it. They, I mean, that's their family. That's their, their whole uh, being is political science. And they're using that to their advantage. And so what Mark has done is he's, he's gotten, I guess what you could even consider revelation by reading their own works you know, and by just studying what they've done over the last almost 100 years and figured out a way to reverse engineer some of their diabolical manipulation and, and uh, I don't know, just coercion, everything they're putting on the American people to try to turn our republic into something it's not. So anyway, um, again, Mark, I don't mean to, to I don't <laughs> to labor on, yeah. but thank you. Thank you for having me on your show. It's a pleasure to work with you. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Mark and I, we met uh, in January of this year, and we've been talking at length since then. Mark is brilliant. And um, the things he's taught me have been, I mean, invaluable. And so, but today we're going to talk about the Second Amendment. We're going to talk about why we believe that the enemy is using the tactics he's using to take the federal government and, and oppress the people in America, not just um, in the Second Amendment, but in every area. You know, we have God-given liberties, and the enemy's doing his best to get rid of the protections of those liberties, and, and Mark's got a, a beat on how they're doing that. And so, um, what, what, do you, what are your thoughts about, like, how our enemies perceive our system versus how our system really is, and then what are they trying to do with it? Um, so, our, our, our enemies perceive our system as antiquated, and they use um, its past, for example, slavery and secession, as the narrative by which they convince the current generation to, to, to put their energy into collapsing that system. Um, and so the actions that they take um, to fulfill that are what the, the terminology they use is to readjust the United States. And uh, so to readjust it from what to what? Um, our nation started out in its evolution over human history in 1787 as a seven-boundary republic. That's kind of a bit of a deep dive, so I won't go too <laughs> much into just by keeping it simple. A seven-boundary republic, and after the Civil War, individuals who believed in readjusting the United States began pursuing a reduction in the number of those boundaries, and specifically dropping it from seven to two boundary Republican system of government. So if you, if you could summarize this, there are people who want to readjust America for their beliefs. They perceive it as being slave owning, secessionist, and based on its history, they want something that's different. And so they pursue a reduction in boundaries. And specifically, there are, there are five boundaries that they want to reduce. And so there are things that we experience. We see symptoms in our current uh, lifetime where these things are manifesting their readjustment strategies, we're experiencing the symptoms of this, those things, like 
um, common core critical race theory, a mask mandates, vaccines, this all this division, immigration, and, and, and really, most importantly, the Second Amendment. So we can feel the symptoms, but if we can tie it back to, okay, what is the exact problem? Our organization believes that we can tie it to this readjustment philosophy. The seven boundary system needs to be reduced from seven to two. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, why would they go after our gun rights? I can understand them going after speech because they don't want you to say certain things so that they can actually, you know, um, prevent truth from getting to people. That's what, you know, basic censorship is all about, you know. But why would they go after our ability to, like, you know, carry guns and stuff? I I mean, there's an obvious answer to that, but I'd like to hear, like, how you perceive it. So uh, at the 50,000-foot view, it, it is related to the, the perception of the, uh, the governed, uh, people like us. We are perceived as um, uh, selfish. We're perceived as kind of like cows in, on a ranch. They perceive themselves as the ranchers, and we are the cows. Okay. We're going to introduce Eliza. She's now the star of the show. <laughs> <laughs> right. I've been I've been traveling I've been traveling with my daughter um, across the state of Idaho, teaching our version of civics to to try to empower people um, to to understand what I'm talking about at a deeper level, and then be able to apply it at a practical level in their politics and their community. And so, I bring my daughter along with me as as part of the osmosis, I guess. <laughs> oh, it's outstanding. Yeah. So um, the ranchers perceive us, this metaphor of the ranchers, they perceive us as the cows. And so when we talk about gun rights or any other kind of rights, they focus on the gun rights because it's the, it is the, if, if you were thinking about A to Z, uh, Z is uh, in terms of protecting your liberty and your freedom, et cetera, the very last letter, the very last protection you have is your ability to defend uh, yourself as the governed who are perceived by people who na- there are there are people who naturally perceive us as lesser, uh, and so the, the the policies they make, etc., they might manifest themselves in the forms of restricting speech, but the very last letter in the alphabet that they go after is are those uh, the ability of the individual, the family, and the community to defend themselves from those ranchers who perceive that community or those groups of peoples as, as cows to be herded, controlled, weeded, mm. um, slaughtered, milked, <laughs> produce more calves, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Take some eggs to make take, an omelet. You take some eggs, you got to break them. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it's essentially the same thing we've seen throughout history. It's just this is their slow walk. This is a method that they've applied to, the, to overturn the, specifically the American form of republic. Yes, and be, and 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 part of our republic, one component of keeping that republic includes the private ownership of protection equipment such as a gun, uh, the ability then to use that to defend. Um, uh, and so, if if that republic stands in the way of those readjustments strategies, then that it. it, it bodes to reason that that's a that is a component that will become a target mm-hmm. uh for you know we, we we think about the ability to defend yourself well what about being a parent and your children in school mm-hmm. the ability to defend your child mm-hmm. with your words at the school board meetings or the ability to 
take care of your own personal health decisions. Mm -hmm. Self-defense, including the, including the devices that we use, but there's also the ability to defend yourself with your words, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The very last item is when the physical item comes into play and being able to use the physical item to defend yourself that very last moment. And, and as a society, we, we've pride, we pride ourselves on pushing the conflict as far away as possible and, and having a civil discourse. But when you run out of the civil discourse opportunities, you're, you naturally have to seek, well, how else do I defend myself at this point if my words are no longer working? If my influence, uh, the, 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 words that, the words that I'm uh, uttering have no influence, um, uh, we, we, we generally, uh, humans in history, naturally progress toward violence, mm -hmm. right? I have to turn this down, my love. Okay. <laughs> um, and, and so it's important to understand that it, it, in the readjuster's strategy, uh, guns, Second Amendment, is a component they want to remove. And if they remove that, you're at the very last end of defense. And prior to that, you're using all your words to defend. This is my child. And I'm using my three minutes to speak to you, school board. Mm -hmm. I'm writing my letter. I'm calling in. I'm casting a vote. Those are all the things before you ever get to plan Z, <laughs> right? So that second amendment was put in as like almost as even, even after your sheriff, right? The sheriff, the, the, your second amendment comes up even after that as the last possible defense of, of being uh, considered a cow in a society that is only meant to produce calves, milk, and beef. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to eat you. To eat you, yeah, they break you, yeah. Yeah, because there really is no such thing as, like, a, a society that's not capitalist. You, you either, the means of production is the means of production, so it's either going to be the, per, the private owner with the means of production or it'll be the state, and you'll be the means of production. That's right. So it's still capitalist. You yes. just become the capital. <laughs> That's right. It literally, it's the relationship. And this is the beauty of, I think, of the Second Amendment. It really helps the governed preserve their relationship with the governing at the last possible moment where the governing have exercised all manipulations and all forms of oppression. And you have no other alternative until that last letter Z, yeah. right? Your sheriff is no longer a defense, right? Now you're com it's community member against community member, like on the vaccines uh, yeah. or or you, whatever the issue is, immigration, yeah. right? There's it's meant to be that one last boundary in our republic, uh, and hopefully and hopefully a boundary we never have to come to, yeah. right? Yeah. That we have letters A through what comes before Z? Is it Y or is it X? I'm, y, I forgot. Y. I, okay, Y. We use every possible letter in our optional bag of political tricks as a community, as family members, to to prevent Z from being a reality. And they kill. Like, like it reminds me of the Green Mile. Do you remember that movie? Yes. And the um, the lead character in that, Tom Hanks, was had another lead too. And I can't remember his name. Big guy, black guy. I think he passed. But, yes, he did. Um, yep. He made the comment in that movie. I think it was like this. That they kill you with your love. They kill you with your love. Wow. Like because we love and because we want a peace and because we want to just, you know, raise our kids and, you know, educate them and have families and just live and be at peace and have liberty, we don't want that disrupted, but we also want to protect it. 
Yes. Even against aggressors. So even if all the aggressors in the world are attacking, and we can keep them at the perimeter, we'll send our young boys to keep them at the perimeter so our wives and kids can live that peace experience here. Right. Because that's what we're really trying to go after is the peace experience. Whereas our enemies, they just want our experience to be chaos. Yes. So that they can take it over. They can implement some solution, you know. That, and, you know, that may be that may help to explain why people are looking at like the Afghanistan withdrawal, for example, going that makes absolutely no sense. And we have to learn, lose 13 of our young men and women. And we would some of us paying attention would say that was unnecessary. That was ridiculous. So to your point about chaos and the purposeful inclusion of chaos to disrupt that peaceful pursuit. Again, I, I want to come back to the relationship between the governed and the governing. If the governing are not confined within those seven boundaries of our republic, they, they will find a way to circumvent those boundaries. They will find a way to concentrate control of themselves. And they will use chaos like that example or COVID-19 or immigration to induce the chaos to try to push us to Plan Z. Mm. Mm. And so it's so important that we understand that the Plan Z is the last letter. We should use A through Y. Every possible option, every possible conversation, every possible use of a word, mm. a civil dialogue, to the point where if those governing violate those seven boundaries, mm. we have no other option. We've ran out of options. Yeah. And some people don't understand that system, though, and so they want to jump to Z right away. Yeah. And there are still many letters left in our playbook. There's still we're being pushed. You can see the governing right now making tons of mistakes with immigration. The fifteen thousand people living under a bridge, right? The 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 massive amount of parents now showing up at their school boards, and literally here in Idaho, where we're meeting now. A, a charter school board turning the lights off on a seven-year-old girl trying to talk about her feelings about to mask or not to mask, yeah. right? Other And so many other stories like that around the nation. And as a community, if we were to unite with each other as the governed, the governing are, are and what I counsel CSG students, and I'm not trying to be a preacher here, but Understand that the governing are making a ton of mistakes politically right now. It may not feel like it because you're sensing the oppression, the manipulations, the facts don't seem to matter. Unite with your community. Okay. Gather together and have conversations. You still can use words. And at the same time, make sure Plan Z is in your back pocket. Yeah, it sounds to me does, like... Does it make sense? Absolutely. It sounds to me like the whole idea of an educated populace Um I think it was Thomas Jefferson. Yes, the, yes. The whole mass of the population needs to be educated. But they have been miseducated. They have been attrition. Like there's a apathy in our ability or our desire, I guess, mm -hmm. to, to actively go and engage our personal communities, our neighborhoods, yes. right, you know, and e educate each them. Each other. Each other, right. We, we spend a lot of energy trying to communicate with the school board, and then we will unite under that one issue of whatever the parents are freaked out about at the moment. Yeah. And then try to convince the school board. But literally, there's there's another option here in relationship to our community. Think about how many people have been victimized by manipulation and oppression in the last 18 months, just on a couple of issues. There are so many demographics of business owners and religious leaders, and parents, 
uh, nursing home families that had their families in nursing homes. Um, you can think of any category, healthcare workers, employers in, in, in large corporations, government employees that are, that are not really sure where to go right now. And so you have the ability just, just on those things alone to gather them into a net, if you will, right? And give them a sense of community. And in the meantime, that plan Z is always there, but it's never at the forefront because it's always the last option. And the communities, they have the ability to, how do I say this? The governing are making mistakes. The governed have the ability to capitalize. It's so at our fingertips. It sounds like there's a different kind of hope, though, because really, truly, there, there are lots of groups that are, you know, doing what you would consider political activism. That yes. Are, that are providing the community with community to a degree based around issues like you just described. Mm -hmm. um, and even educating them. Um, but at the same time, it seems like just interceding to the, the government to do to, to govern itself is not working. Like, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. who, who's, whose job is it really? You said keep the republic. Yeah. I mean, is it our job to like elect officials and and leaders and um, rulers to measure things and, and rule and and keep the republic? Or is whose job is that? So um, that is, and one, like your home, at your home, you have many responsibilities, right? Uh, food and the house and the vacuuming and, okay. I would say uh, finding the right person to be elected is one responsibility of many in our republic. And now it's a matter of uh, philosophy, is, is that the highest priority? And I would argue that it is a mid-level priority to seek out good elected officials. It's important, but it is, in our, our opinion, in the Center for Self-Governance, it's our opinion that it is not the highest, should not be the highest priority in our culture. Mm. And the reason why we're failing, uh, I would argue, is that when the issue, when we feel the political pain, we naturally become involved. It's like when you feel the pain in your body, you go to the doctor, and the doctor treats the problem or the symptom. Mm -hmm. I would argue that many of those folks that are getting involved in politics right now are building symptomatic responses to the problem. Okay. And it would be helpful if our culture of governed would learn to focus on the problem. I would argue that the problem is the reduction of seven of our boundaries in our republic down to two mm -hmm. while using our reaction to the symptoms against us, leveraging our response. We naturally want to jump to plan Z kind of thing, right? So what does that mean practically? Because that's all theoretical. So our, it's important for us to do a couple of things. Number one, if we could change the paradigm and how we interact with governing officials, and I don't just mean the elected school board or the city council or the congressman or your state legislature. I'm talking about the executives, the sheriff, the police chief, the city planners, the superintendent. These are people who are appointed. They're employed by government. Okay. Building the relationships with them, number one, for not to get to convince them just to agree with your issue, the symptom, but for you to gather external influences on them. Who is influencing them that's disrupting your influence? Somebody or some other organization outside of that school board is influencing and speaking into their ear like you're trying to do. What is that external influence on your school board's ear? 
that's an important piece of information to gather, but you can't do that if you go in confrontational. They will shut down and the information flow will stop. Number two, it's extremely important for us to learn the seven boundary system, not according to philosophy, but the exact structure. And that's kind of different than saying, well, the reason why I put a steering wheel on the right side is because I drive on the left side of the road in Japan. That's more philosophical, yeah. right? Yeah. But on the other, the, the, the important piece is the structure of the our system of government. Yeah. Very important to learn. And then number three, taking the external influence, your knowledge of the system, and building a community to keep the governing that are being influenced mm -hmm. confined within those seven boundaries. Mm -hmm. Okay. <clears throat> That's, there's, there's a lot of activity there. <coughs> there is. And I mean, I think what we've been doing is being lazy and giving that over to somebody else. It's kind of like the same thing we, we, I mean, we preach as the citizen militia about our, our need to take up our duty to protect and defend our communities, Yes. our neighbors. Um, like if you're going to love yourself by defending yourself or your family, then you're duty-bound under God to do the same for your neighbor if you see them in a situation where you'd want somebody to do the same for you. That's right. It's pretty simple. You know? It is. But we have given that over to hired people to do that. Yes. And so because of that, we're insecure. I mean, it takes like 15 minutes, at the at the least seven minutes, for police officers to get to you if you make a call. Right. And you only got seven seconds. Right. Planning for the worst. If you, if you break down society's reaction to things, most people are not proactive in planning for the worst. And a small group do plan for the worst. I would counsel the, the group that's planning for the worst to also include plan A through Y in their planning for the worst. So consider, think of it this way. Plan Z is the worst. Between now and then is A through Y, the things that we can do, like I was describing that was kind of complicated, but there are things that can be done before now politically to prohibit, prevent, limit, restrict, to not, not to say to violate the right of the Second Amendment, but to that is my last option. And between, As a political tool. As a political tool, yeah. right? And then there's also the self-defense within a community where you have bad actors yeah. that you know might home invade and these kinds of things. But ultimately, the human nature you're describing is we we tend to only react when we feel the pain. And there are some people who can see the pain coming and will jump to Plan Z. I would help. I would hope to counsel your audience: learn Plan A through Y. There are still many options on the table while having Plan Z in the pocket. As a matter of fact, I think our enemies are counting on us. Yeah, I don't know if you're familiar with narcissism. I'm not trying to, I'm not an expert on it, but I do know this, <laughs> that if there's a narcissist and a victim, generally the narcissist is manipulating, controlling, coercing, and pretending. And um, he's doing all the, you know, the negative stuff against the victim, and he's pretending with the rest of the world. And so the victim tries to prove the oppression to the rest of the world. But the narcissist is so good at manipulating and coercing that he's able to, or she's able to, um, get the world to believe the ruse that they're creating. And then the victim, eventually, because their words aren't working, right. will act out. Yes. And that spastic activity of the victim makes them the crazy one. Wow. That, that, is, that describes our current situation that's been growing over several decades to a T. The, the American people 
in various different issues, like ranchers have had their version, then they've been trying to say something. Uh, people who are about fiscal responsibility under the Obama administration, they tried to say something. Uh, and then now you have parents trying to say something. But if you notice that the media will label them domestic terrorist or right-wing extremist or, or worse, a white supremacist, et cetera, anti-mask, anti-vax, anti-immigrants. Anti-science. Anti-science. And then use the community to divide them at the most local level um, to, to keep them silenced. And so you just you just described it perfect that um, we're the readjusters, um, uh, the the folks trying to collapse our seven boundary republic are very good at what you just described. They're narcissists. They're fantastically brilliant. Well, they're narcissists. They have to be because they would have to consider themselves doing it for the greater good. Yes, it means God, they're godlike. They're, yes, they are selfless. Yes, because they have taken and they have to look they, at themselves they, as such. They think of themselves as selfless, and that's narcissism in itself. Right. You're, you're looking at yourself and you know, gazing at your own beauty. And not <laughs> and not calculating the consequence of your decision as having a negative impact because everything you're doing in your own mind is positive. It's philosophically right and justified. And so when somebody else is hurt or complains about the hurt or says that they're being oppressed, the natural reaction is to say, you're selfish. And then everything follows from there. You ignore the voice. That, per, that person who's saying, I feel X, Y, Z, they become more agitated or more um, victimized, trying to gain your love, trying to absolve. Yes, it's yeah, you've, that's a great way to describe that, Zoe. Wow. Well, yeah. hopefully we can, you know, use some of the tools at our disposal, A through Y. Yes. Um, to turn that around. I don't think most people know A through Y. I think yep. they know A, talk about it, right. and they know Z, get, pick up Should, arms, and they may know... Fight about, fight about it, right? Go to a protest. Right. You know, they, they may know a rally, which is ours. <laughs> right. Know? But Right. Get somebody elected. There's yeah, M. M. Yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. And there's a few letters missing that if we added to it, it's kind of like the diet. If you've got the carbohydrates, you've got some yeah. protein, but maybe we need to add this fruit or this, you yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. it's, it's just balancing. You don't want to take any specific, because if you stop doing carbohydrates altogether, you're going to probably die. Yeah. Because it's not good, even though carbohydrates will make you gain weight. <laughs> you know, so, you know, the idea right? is that you can't take it out completely. There's, right. there's a rightful place for a lot of these activities. Yeah. But you have to be uh, looking at it holistically or at least helping as a leader plan your community yeah. so that you're keeping things in their necessary places. And yeah. Z has a necessary place. And I, I'm a big proponent of the citizen militia, meaning our, the Z's place isn't necessarily for us to, to go and show it to the government and say, if you come after us, we're doing X. Yes. It's for us to train our communities to be well able to use them. Absolutely. Trained in order to defend your communities. And just that in itself speaks to our adversaries that we are prepared for the worst. Per a perfect example of this is um, if, if you were to think about um, healthcare workers right now afraid for their jobs because they have a choice that they want to make, but they're being mandated to make a choice that they may not agree with. So they're afraid for their jobs or they have been fired. In relation to what you're saying like about Plan Z here is that is make them fire you. Ask them to give you a termination letter. Yeah. It's the same principle, I would say, in philosophically when it comes to Plan Z. Showing up to the Capitol building as a show of force 
is a preemptive strike in the readjustment's mind, and they use that as a narrative to say, see, those are neo-Nazi, nativist, nationalist, fascist, uh, 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 enemies of the state. They need to be arrested, held in jail like the January 6th folks now for over seven months, right, without bail. For trespassing with no weapons. And then contrast that to Portland, uh, where they tried to burn down the federal building with agents inside. Blinding people with lasers. Yes. Blowing and, up Molotov cocktails. And right. Stuff. So we can review all of the details of that and, and bounce back and forth in our echo chamber how bad that is. The secret sauce is our strategy and how we deal with it. We're purposely being gaslit to be narrated as extremist and terrorist and white supremacist. So force the tyrant, force the narcissist to hand you your termination paper times one million people. And they naturally, they naturally will start to coalesce. coalesce. The key is when they coalesce is that they don't, they don't jump to plan Z prematurely. They, they stay within A through Y using every available option. And there are more options besides protesting and signs. There are so many more options. That's kind of what Center for Governance, Center for Self-Governance is all about. Yes. Is helping people to understand the other tools in the, in the alphabet soup. <laughs> which, which I tried to explain as simple as I could just a few minutes ago. Build the relationship without confrontation. Gather the external information and then use that by learn, to learn the system and then build your team. It sounds to me like it's, it's a real need for people to understand what you guys are teaching as a whole in, in, the, in your training. Um, but even if you don't go to the training right now, there's a real nece a necessity for us to, to think about our strategy to protect our Second Amendment rights using every available tool yes. outside of it. Make, make the narcissist governing give you the termination letter first. Showing up as a show of force in their world, since they control the word still, they're able to narrate that you're the aggressor. And so while we still are trying to protect our Second Amendment, we use the protection of our Second Amendment with A through I. Yeah. And we use the, use the Second Amendment when we have ran out of options. Okay. Does that make sense? Excellent. Is that fair? Yeah, that's, that's okay. it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, bro, for no. being on the show today. Appreciate I really appreciate it. you. Now that concludes our program for today. But again, in the coming weeks and months, Two Way for Today will be talking to experts, scholars, trainers, and all forms of gun right activists and Second Amendment proponents to answer the many questions that we all have and unpack the various laws and trespasses of our rights that have already been enacted and those that are on the horizon. Again, if the Second Amendment is important to you, make sure to subscribe to the New American Magazine and get on the top daily headlines mailing list so that you get an email alert anytime we upload a video or stream a live event. And share these videos with your family and friends who feel the same are those that are riding the fence between liberty and tyranny who need a little more convincing. You've been watching 2A for today. My name is Zoe. Post your comments, your questions, and we'll try to address as many as we can, as fast as we can, in the coming weeks and months. Thank you for watching 2A for today. After all the garbage being pumped into your head by the mainstream media, consider this your mental defrag, The Daniel Natal Show. The Daniel Natal Show. If you enjoyed 2A for today, consider watching The Daniel Natal Show, presented by The New American. Daniel Natal is brilliant, and his show presents analysis of news and current events. Think of it as the Intelligence Agency Bureau for the People, where listeners are invited to get briefed on information 
that the intelligence agencies would really rather keep classified. Check it out on thenewamerican.com.